Spring has sprung in the triad, and the Sharp team with Highlands Mortgage is springing into action to help you buy a new home. With the housing market heating up, the best time to act is now to get into a house by the summer. If you've been waiting to move or have questions about buying a home, you can rely upon the Sharp team to listen to your concerns, work proactively with you to find a loan that is right for you, and will take the very best care of you. Call the Sharp team today or just Google their website. When you're grilling on your new back patio or sipping tea on the front porch, you'll be very happy that you did. Get started with an email to our friend Ashley McKenzie Sharp, ashley at sharploans.com, A-S-H-L-E-Y at sharp, S-H-A-R-P-E, loans.com, ashley at sharploans.com. This is the Triad Podcast Network. The 14th head coach in High Point Panthers men's basketball history is Alan Huss. Huss's hire was made official March 27th by University President Nito Cubain and Director of Athletics Dan Hauser, signaling that a lifetime's commitment to the game of basketball had officially paid off for him as a first-time head coach at the collegiate level. And he accepted the job before ever setting foot on campus. Huss spent the last six seasons at Creighton as an assistant coach under Greg McDermott. In 2021, he was elevated to associate head coach and this past season helped guide the Blue Jays to their first Elite Eight finish since 1941 after a third-place finish in the Big East. During his time in the Gateway to the West, Huss worked closely with the power forwards, tutoring dudes like two-time Big East Defender of the Year Ryan Kolkbrenner. Huss also aided in offensive schemes, scouting, and recruiting. Huss quickly gained momentum and recognition around industry circles as not just a fantastic coach, but an outstanding recruiter in securing the nation's number seven recruiting class two seasons ago. Creighton advanced to the Sweet 16 for the first time since 1974 that year. And how about another first? The 1920 Jays team Huss had his fingerprints on won its first Big East regular season title after being picked seventh in the preseason. Before Creighton, Huss grinded in the high school ranks for more than a decade across Illinois and Indiana. He parlayed that into a Division I gig as an assistant at New Mexico in 2014, which ultimately led to his hiring at his alma mater, Creighton, in 2017. Huss has coached four McDonald's All-Americans, six NBA draft picks, while recruiting three top 10 recruiting classes. He's coached in three Geico High School National Tournaments and seven NCAA tournaments. I'm Kyle Schasperger, and this is my conversation with Alan Huss, new head men's basketball coach at High Point University on Triad Sports one-on-one. The big man on campus, literally, is playing measurables more than 20 years ago at Creighton, where six foot nine inches tall, 250 pounds, Kansas City native, has traded out tomato-based barbecue for vinegar-based in securing his first-ever head coaching gig. Alan, what what are the early returns on the barbecue in North Carolina compared to what you're used to? Have you been able to dabble yet? I have. I have not been to Lexington yet, which I've been told is the barbecue capital of North Carolina, though that's on my my, my soon-to-hit list. I can tell you, and I hope my friends in Kansas City aren't listening because um, I, I love my Kansas City barbecue, but I can tell you that uh, I love the vinegar-based sauce. Uh, you know, it's, I think it's really good. It's, 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 it's just, it's, it's very different than what I grew up with, but it's, it's awesome in its own right. Something can be very different and still very good, right? Uh, how, how are you filling out the office though? Because you are a very large man. I know that's always a talking point at six, nine, uh, Danny Manning, who was once head coach in the state, I think he was six ten, And it's always kind of jarring to see 
the coach, I guess, you're expecting the players, but the coach to be that tall. Is the office spacious enough? And uh, we already know there's less of it than there is for more regular people because of your size. Yeah, I mean, I, I, this what I that's what I do is take up space. It's so it's 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 not uh, it's not something that's hard for me. I just, the, the beautiful thing about being six nine is that it helps you in athletics. And then once you're done with athletics, you wonder why you have it. There's there's not really much good that comes along with it. Alan Huss, a, a space eater, certainly a, has grown up with with that label. As a born Chicago, and I told you this before we started, being a guy from Illinois, lifelong Bulls fan, uh, shouts to the previous guest of the pod, uh, Rusty LaRue being one of those, but it'd be irresponsible for me to not bring this up this early in the start. Kyle Korver, whom you teamed with at Creighton before his lengthy NBA career, included a stop in the Windy City while I was in college, so there's some some serious nostalgia here for me. How much ringing of Korver, Allen, was there while Creighton for his, his boyish yet movie star, very charming looks that drew national acclaim as he continued to carve out a role in the association yeah kyle uh kyle obviously was the, the amazing thing about him is you know he's he's even today even after i don't know what he did is 17 or 18 years in the nba he's just a normal human so uh you know sometimes when you get when you get caught caught up in that world you can you can things can be a little different but i can tell you uh, i met him when he was uh when he was still 17 on his official visit to creighton and i've uh, known him for however many years that's been 25 or so years and he's remained the same person saw him a few weeks ago and uh he still looks somehow like he's 25 and has great hair and i've lost all mine so it's it's uh, just one more way where he's one up in me oh that warms my heart so happy to hear that cal Corver is not aged uh yet one day uh looks like he's 25 that's awesome he's called hot sauce at one point during his stay in chicago fourth all-time in scoring number 25 retired uh, at Creighton. So you, Corver, and the remaining Blue Jays as we transition now uh, to your departure from Creighton to High Point and kind of chart the path that you have made to HPU. You, Corver, and the remaining Blue Jays earned three NCAA tournament bursts from 1999-01, led by Dana Altman at the time, who currently heads the program at Oregon, has a 2017 Final Four banner to his ledger, guiding the Ducks. How difficult, Alan, was this decision to accept the head coaching position of the men's basketball program at High Point, knowing the relationships that you forged in Omaha, not just as a player, but over the past six years as an assistant under Greg McDermott? Creighton is even a place where you met your wife, Katie. You know, it's it's interesting. Uh, first, I, I think I have to I have to address the fact that you you called us uh, uh, me, Corver, and the remaining Blue Jays. I was part of the remaining Blue Jays. I assure you that there were some some guys on that top billing and it's crazy as crazy as it, it may seem now uh, there were a couple of guys above Corver on those two teams he really broke out uh, he really broke out after I graduated uh, was when he when he became kind of the Kyle Corver that we know now he was a terrific shooter and and a nice cog in what we did but uh, we had some other really good players not named Alan Huss on that team uh, that, that really led us that those last two years but uh no, Creighton's special to me. It's it's a place that, uh, like you said, I met my wife, who's a third generation Creighton graduate. Uh, Omaha is just a fantastic place to raise a family. Uh, Coach Mack is just as he's as good a boss as you could ever hope for in any field. Uh, not only from from a mentorship standpoint and just kind of learning, teaching people you know the right way to treat people, but. Uh, just the way he treated us, the way he treated the players, he's just he he's, he shows you the a, a classy, uh, right way to do everything. And so when you combine all those factors, my love for the just the university outside of basketball, it was tough. Uh, it's tough to walk away from a place like that with extreme comfort, 
but when I had the opportunity to to get involved in this job, uh, I was I was initially blown away by by the facilities, by the the, the support, uh, all those things. But as I got to know the the people at High Point, it was very clear that this place is special in its own right. There's just uh, the alignment from top to bottom, the values that the university stands for, just uh, just it was too much to pass up on. And, and I, I knew that if I ever wanted to make a run at this place, uh, I'd be in a head coach. Uh, you know, I was never going to find a place uh, that was going to be anything like High Point. And uh, when when that opportunity presented itself, it was it was a pretty clear, uh, pretty clear choice. And it's just try to try, try to bet on myself and bet on this great university and. I mean, the beautiful thing about High Point is that the, there's excellence all around here. Uh, it's not it's not like it, we're, we're trying to build excellence in a basketball program where there isn't excellence anywhere else in the university. There's excellence across the university. There's excellence across the athletics department. Uh, we just got to we just got to elevate the basketball program to match the excellence that's kind of expected and and really been prolonged across the rest of the university. I want to take a quick break from this show to do two things. One. We'll say thank you for listening and supporting the Triad Podcast Network. Just listening to this episode is appreciated. Second, I want to ask that you support a local business that supports us as a presenting partner, a real estate company we trust, the Ginther Group, located in Winston-Salem. Right now, in the spring, the housing market is moving fast. You need someone you can rely on to assess your situation, read the data and trends, and steer you in the right direction. Interest rates, inventory, new construction, there are so many factors that impact our local market. Don't buy into the national internet headlines. Get the information from the folks right here in our neighborhood. Contact Blake Ginther and the Ginther Group today. Whether you're buying or selling, have cash or not, or if your home isn't in the ideal condition for selling, chances are they have a solution for you. Call 336-283-8689 or visit theginthergroup.com. Buying, selling, investing, or just learning, whatever you need. Start now and, like me, you can become a Ginther Group client for life. Yeah, ultimately a, a chance to be the guy and run your own program, I suspect, makes your exit from the Big O slightly less difficult. And yeah, you said you were one of the remaining Blue Jays. Uh, do, you, do you remember how many points you scored during your collegiate career? Oh gosh, not enough. How about that? I set a lot more screens than I than I than I scored points, and probably committed more fouls. I, I couldn't tell you exactly, and I, I I hope for so I don't embarrass myself. Maybe maybe you don't know either. I do know. Uh, two hundred ninety-seven total points, hundred <laughs> and seventy-five rebounds. Tip of the cap for access to the O two O three media guide online. That's three point one points per game and point five rebounds. So. Hey man, you 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 showed up. You made an impact. You weren't just one of the remaining. I mean, you gave some some quality minutes, and like you said, uh, you set some screens. That's that was first and foremost, right? I ran into people. Like I told you earlier, what I do well is I take up space, and that's that's ultimately what I did. I was I, I had great timing. I played two years there with Rodney Buford, who was a longtime NBA player, and two years with Kyle, and had two great guards in our class. Uh, you know, and, and, and Ryan Sears and Ben Walker that were four-year starters. And, you know, those last couple of years, I was just fortunate to be that fifth guy they throw out there a lot of the time uh, that didn't really care what, what my role was going to be. I just kind of was happy to be out there and set some screens and try to impact winning in some way, shape, or form. As a player, you were a part of three MVC championships, started 39 of those 94 games you played, 41%. Um, 
Back to the job now at High Point and the whirlwind of emotions and the speed at which this process moved is, is what I'm very interested in. You just eloquently laid out the reasons and, and the emotions of detaching yourself from Creighton and trading in uh, the blue for the purple and coming to HPU. But the process itself at the end of March, one moment, your Creighton team was denied by San Diego State a, a chance at the Final Four. The next moment... You're accepting a head coaching position that'll bring you east to a place you're you're not all that familiar with at all. Um, how quickly did that move for you? The process started uh, just prior to the Big East tournament, and uh, it, it, it kind of went for the, the next three weeks or so. I, I don't know exactly how long that was. Um, I, the beautiful thing about it is I didn't have a ton of time to really dive into it or obsess over it like I, I might in, in another time of the year. We were so hyper-focused on – trying to win NCAA tournament teams and we knew just what a special group we had. And, you know, it would have been, it would have been just a bad move by me to, to spend anything, but my, but all my time on trying to prepare for those games. And so, you know, luckily I was able to really be sidetracked by that. I mean, I, I was just consumed by that, by trying to get our, our team ready uh, to, for those tournament games, but yeah, the, the emotional roller coaster was something I've really never experienced in my life. It was, you know, it went from we went from, you know, the the lowest of the low to 24 hours later of being introduced here at High Point and uh, on a campus where I've, I've I took this job sight unseen. So uh, I, I can't even really describe it. And then obviously I've hit the ground running here and trying to kind of retool a roster and. Uh, hire staff and all the things that come along with a new job. So I, I, I'd have to tell you, I haven't had a whole lot of time to really sit back and, and, and reflect on, on the special season or the emotional roller coaster or any of those things. And just right now, it's just trying to, to tackle each day and, and keep this thing moving forward. Mike Nesbitt and Corey Edwards are two assistants uh, that will help you on the bench uh, as you look to finalize, again, your entire staff and those around you and your support system. Tell me about the influence of of Greg McDermott from your time on the Hilltop and what maybe you'll most take away or what his message might have been to you as you left Creighton here and embark on your own head coaching opportunity. It's tough to it's tough in a 20 minute podcast to tell you everything he's done. I mean, he's he's just um, I'll pick a couple and they're probably not even the most important things, but they're just what come to my mind first here. Uh, You know, number one, his his commitment to process uh, in all facets, it's just it's it's really it's really incredible to watch day in and day out. Coach Mack doesn't turn; he doesn't change. Uh, he, he doesn't get upset. I mean, little things like missing and making shots, he doesn't concern himself with that. He concerns himself with the process, being prepared, making sure the guys that are taking the shots are practicing those shots or repping those shots out. And if they take the right ones, he's he's okay with making and missing. He's that part of the process. The, the process of, 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 you know, preparing for games. Again, he, he doesn't get high or low after, after wins and losses. And uh, this season was a perfect example of that. We had a, we had a tough stretch there in the middle of the year where we had some injuries and some illnesses and, and we're really, we were really at a low point and coach Mack just kind of kept going forward and just kept the focus on getting better every day, winning the day and making sure that we, that we weren't taking unnecessary steps backwards and so his focus on process is the first thing that just, it just, I don't know that I could have been prepared to be a head coach without witnessing that. You can talk about it 
and think about it, but until you witness it and you see the effectiveness of keeping the focus on process all the time, you just, you can't really fully appreciate just the importance of that. And I think that's, uh, Mac has a number of things he does at a really high level, but that's got to be at or near the top for certain. Uh, probably, probably the next thing is just, and I mentioned it earlier, just his, his way of treating people the right way. And, and I've, I've, I've mentioned this to a number of people since I've been here, but the, the, the awesome thing about Mac is he, you know, a lot of people treat people well that can benefit them. Uh, and, and what makes Mac different is that Mac treats everyone the same and everyone with dignity, respect, no matter if they can benefit him or not. And the number of times in my six seasons there that I saw Mac go out of his way to do something for someone that could never, ever pay him back in any way, shape, or form. Like those, those number, those, the numbers of times I saw it, it's just, it's, it's mind numbing to think about. It's just, it's one or two every week people that he was going out of his way to help. Uh, and I just think when you live your life that way, it just, it, it, it feeds into your program. It's the lifeblood of everything you do. Uh, and, and so I think those are probably the two things that come to my mind, uh, just as I, as I sit here, but like I said, we'd need a lot more than a 20 minute podcast to, to, you know, fully reflect on, on everything he's done for me, for my family. And, and quite frankly, for Creighton basketball. That's refreshing. I called a game at Creighton, what was then Quest Center Omaha 2010, my alma mater for the Fighting Leathernecks, Western Illinois playing at Creighton. And that was when uh, Doug McDermott, uh, I, I think it just left. I'm trying to remember if his son was still playing there, who, who also gets Kyle Korver vibes. But I was always enamored by the approach, even that early in Mac's career at Creighton, that he took, uh, still relatively new in the Big O. He, he elevated you to associate head coach, uh, in 2021, you spent a few seasons as an assistant at New Mexico, navigated the prep ranks of, of some pretty stout schools to which you really amplified their championship pedigrees. And and not just any run-of-the-mill high school basketball schools, Alan. Uh, states like Illinois and Indiana, where high school hoops is king. And before starting as a part-time freshman coach, uh, that's how you got your career started. You obtained a perfect record at home, 62-0, and while leading La Lemire School in Laporte while posting an overall record of 102-19. to The question is, was the dream always to become a Division I coach? When did you obtain that dream? And did you feel like, okay, I've, I've got to grind my way from the bottom, from the high school ranks up, because that was really the first opportunity you were given? Is this how you envisioned it kind of playing out in terms of your trajectory? No, <laughs> not at all. Uh, quite simply, no. I, I when I got into coaching basketball, I got into coaching basketball because I missed basketball. Uh, I, I went through a number of injuries uh, and, and just knee surgery after knee surgery and uh, at the end, some shoulder problems. And I just, my body wasn't working right uh, at the end of my playing career. And it was just taking, it was taking a lot of energy just to get my body ready for games. Uh, so when, when my, when, when, when my basketball career ended, you know, I had kind of I had mixed emotions. I mean, I just I was happy that I wasn't going to hurt anymore. And I think I, I think I thought that I was ready for my basketball career to be over because I, I just I associated it with pain. And so, you know, it was it wasn't until I got a, a couple of years out of it that I realized how much I loved and missed basketball. Um, so when I when I started Jeremy Moore, uh, who's, a, who's a close friend of mine to this day, 
uh, was the coach at Decatur Eisenhower when he offered me a, a chance to be a, a you know, a, a freshman coach at Decatur Eisenhower. Uh, I thought about it for a couple of days. I called him back and, you know, I, I attacked it. I attacked that job. I think some of those guys, uh, I'm still in touch with some of those guys I coached on that team, but I can tell you that they would tell you I probably attacked it like a division one head coach. Um, some of my administrators and fellow coaches and, People, I, when I was a high school freshman coach, officials, everyone probably thought I was a little bit nuts. But I just, I didn't know any other way to do it than to throw my all into it. And I, uh, it's just, doors have opened for me. And it's just, it's 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 impossible to to imagine, uh, you know, kind of how I've, how I've gone through this. Because no, I, I didn't have head coaching at a, at a division one even, it wasn't even in my head. I was thinking maybe I could be a, head high school coach, or maybe I'll just be an awesome varsity assistant coach and I'll get to be around the game. I'll have a lot of impact, uh, on, on our program. I'll help some of these kids. Uh, when I was in Decatur, Illinois, just a lot of those kids didn't think that they could play college basketball. There weren't opportunities for them. And so just, it started with that group and just going through and trying to find them opportunities. And then as the prep deal kind of popped up and, you know, I, I was able to grow and learn and run my own program and recruit my own players. And uh, gosh, I mean, it's just, uh, I never even, again, I didn't even ever really think about trying to be a college coach. I just thought about trying to first win state championships, and then national championships or, you know, league championships and, and just help kids get to college, you know, and, and, and help them hopefully be prepared when they got there. And I just kind of kept my focus on that. And, you know, and when I, when I got, when coach Neal offered me a chance to go to New Mexico and you know, it was, it was another thing. I, then I kind of thought, well, wow, I'm going to get a chance to be a college coach. And I, again, that wasn't really something I was thinking about, but the opportunity presented itself and uh, it made sense for my family and, and, and for me at that time. And even then, like I never thought of myself as an assistant. I was just happy to be there, but I was happy to be at Creighton. I tried to star in my role. Uh, and it wasn't really until the last couple of years where I really thought, you know what, like, maybe I've got a shot to do this thing. And it's just, I think that's why it's worked out for me. Uh, you know, aside from having really talented and, and, you know, just really talented players that are good people that have helped me along the way. And a lot of mentors that have helped me. Like, it's just, it's, I think that's why I've been successful. It's just, uh, uh, and, and why I've ultimately landed this opportunity. It was just the fact that I've starred in whatever role I've been in. Uh, it's, it's something I ask players to do. Uh, that we all as coaches ask players to do, but I think that's that's what I was able to do was just kind of stay in my lane and as my lane expanded, you know, just just try to stay in that lane continually and do the best job I could there. And uh, now I've got a much wider lane to try to dominate. Quick break from the show to get serious for a moment in my serious voice. For real though, it's time to get serious about your financial future. It's never too early, but it could be too late to get started. And that's oftentimes the hardest part, getting started. How much do I save? Where do I invest? Do I save for college or retirement? How much for each? And who do I talk to about it all? Okay, we'll keep things simple for now and help you answer the last one. We recommend you begin with a local financial advisor. And that's Jennifer Johnson of Three Magnolias Financial Advisors. She'll sit down with you for a complimentary introductory consultation and go over all of your questions. 
Get started on the path to achieving your financial goals. Visit 3magnoliasfinancialadvisors.com or call 336-701-1600. Get comfortable with your financial future. 3 Magnolias Financial Advisors. Retirement, financial planning, and investments. Securities offered through Satara Advisor Networks, LLC, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through 3 Magnolias Financial Advisors. 3 Magnolias Financial Advisors and Satara Advisor Networks are not affiliated. Satara is under separate ownership from any other named entity. Given your high school roots or your coaching roots being put down at the high school level, it's a great segue to a question I have about your reputation that has grown as an elite recruiter. High Point University Vice President and Athletic Director Dan Hauser said in the release announcing your hiring, Alan Huss is an elite basketball coach with the reputation and experience of a national recruiter and an exceptional teacher of the game. So, the last recruiting class you were part of at Creighton was ranked 7th nationally. You helped New Mexico finish three times inside the top three of the Mountain West Conference in recruiting. Uh, What is your approach to maintaining a strong recruiting presence? I I would imagine your experience at the high school level certainly helps you connect uh, with these guys that you're trying to bring to play for you. Um... But it's an evolving model, right? It's a moving target, especially lately with NIL and the transfer portal. And I know you're just returning from a home visit uh, talking to a young man and trying to get him to come to High Point. It's a different recruiting game from what you experience as a high school coach and even at New Mexico. But you still seem to find ways to adapt and be so good at it. So how do you approach this ever-changing recruiting atmosphere in college athletics? I think you just said it. You have to have a willingness to adapt. And as soon as you don't, you die. Uh, and, and that's what there's been. There's, there's always been a series of challenges and, and NIL and, uh, you know, it's, it's, and in the transfer portal, those two challenges are, are, you know, they can, they can either hurt your program or they can help it. And I didn't make the rules and, 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 you know, we can have a debate at another time on whether they're ultimately healthy for our game, but the rules are in place. They are what they are. And so I, I think the same factors help you be successful. It's, it's, uh, it's aggressive patience in the process. It's a relentlessness and talking and communicating with people. And it's a, a willingness to, you know, to miss on a recruit because you're honest on, on the front side and knowing that in the end, the process plays itself out. If you, if you tell the truth and you, and you just consistently, uh, there with your message, you know, the, it may cost you one up front. And that's, that's another one that coach Mack just helped us with. Like, we just we didn't deal with with issues that popped up during the season because he was so big on being honest in the process and and, and I, I just I think that really helps uh, and, and no matter what all the, the the additional factors the external factors are whether it's NIL and or the transfer portal or, or or any other series of things you know with COVID years now you got you got so many academic things that are. Uh, that are into play now with with transfers and kids able to, to obtain graduate degrees and there's just a, a number of things that factor in and you know you can't you can't be the right answer for every kid uh, and you have to be okay with that and I think that's the space we're in right now is just trying to find kids that want what we have and uh, and, and I, I believe in our in our product here and so uh, we have to be willing to, to walk away from a few that that just don't fit us for whatever reason so. Uh, I don't think it's changed. The, the messaging has changed. It's just that some of the uh, some of the external forces and factors are different. Alan, you said you accepted this job without ever setting foot on campus. Would have been hard to, given the timeline and what Creighton was doing in the NCAA tournament. But 
I know you've entered Cubane Arena one or two times since you've accepted this job. What was your reaction upon first entering the $170 million, 350,000 square foot facility? It can hold up to five grand. It's still practically brand new. What were your first impressions? I just, I, I haven't had the opportunity to see every, you know, mid-major facility in the country, but I can't believe there's one nicer. Uh, you know, this, this place is, and, and, the beautiful thing about it is it's not some standalone facility that stands out on campus. It just, it fits in with everything else that's here. It's first class and it's surrounded by excellence. Uh, the, the attention to detail in it from uh, the functionality, the aesthetics are, you know, equally pleasing. And it's, it's just, it, it, it's, it's unbelievable to be able to call this place home. Our, our student athletes don't realize how fortunate they are to be able to play their home games here and, 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 you know, we have an attached practice facility that's uh, that's just it's it's absolutely first class, top of the line, state of the art, whatever whatever you want to use to describe it. Uh, we have everything in place here to to be an elite college basketball program. So now it's just up to it's up to us, our our staff, you know, and our players to to live up to the excellence that surrounds them in every direction here at High Point. Final question, Alan. I know we've gone a a bit long. I appreciate very much your time, your patience here in in putting this together. You've been a tremendous interview and and very transparent, uh, very authentic. I know listeners are going to enjoy this, and certainly fans of High Point are going to enjoy what you're going to be able to do with this ball club as they seek their first ever NCAA tournament appearance at the Division I level. So final thing for you is what can fans of High Point expect from an Alan Huss-led team? It's your first ever head coaching gig. What kind of principles, coaching foundation, or or pillars might you institute with this team in, in terms of what you expect from the guys both on the court and off the court here at High Point University under your guidance? Well, from a style of play standpoint, we want to play uh, with 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 exceptional pace, both up and down the floor, but also east west, just our our, our half court pace and the offensive side of the basketball. Uh, we're going to really try to make an effort to be the most skilled team. Uh, in the Big South Conference, uh, and and really regionally, we 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 think that's something we can control. And uh, from time to time, we might even sacrifice just a little bit of athleticism to make sure that we we achieve that goal of being supremely skilled. Um, so, those are probably the two things that are going to stand out uh, most to people that see us for the first time: is that we have really skilled players, players that can dribble, pass, shoot, and probably most importantly, think. Uh, and that those guys are going to play with exceptional pace. Uh, you know, I think to, to make all that work, it's got to be it's got to be a group that's rooted in, in unselfishness. Uh, and, and whereas the fans might not sense this, I think in order to have an unselfish team, they've got to be willing to be a part of something that is bigger than themselves. And I think with that comes a commitment to the university, to uh, to High Point, not just to not just to the men's basketball program or the athletics department here. I think we've got to really we and we've done a good job of it so far, but we've got to continue to make our focus finding student athletes that that are givers to this university, that are a part of this place in some way, shape, or form that's outside of the the men's basketball program. I think when you do that, it's easy to get them to be unselfish on the basketball floor because they have perspective, they understand that they're just a piece, that I'm just a piece, uh, that we're all a part of something that's much bigger. So unselfishness pace skill uh if we're described with 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 those words then then i'll be i'll be pleased with how this first year goes alan all the best to you as you take charge you 
pulling the reins of this High Point University Panthers basketball team. And, and while you did downplay your, your role alongside Kyle Corver as part of the remaining Blue Jays, we should note that you did average 26-12 and 12 your senior season at North Kansas City High. So a uh, significant impact at least there and ultimately before hanging it up and getting into this coaching thing, which is continuing to work out for you. All the best to you, your wife Katie, your two daughters Nikki and Mary. Thank you again for the time on Triad Sports One-on-One. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's been since 2016 that High Point has won a championship of any kind. Panthers won the Big South regular season four straight years from 13 to 16, and Alan Huss is tasked with getting HPU back in position to consistently challenge for the conference title and earn what is a one-bid league's automatic berth into the NCAA tournament with a Big South tournament crown. There's excellence all around here, he says. Even if you don't have a dog in the fight, it's hard not to believe that Huss won't have High Point relevant again sooner rather than later. And knowing he had the tenacity to attack the high school freshman head coaching job at Illinois' Eisenhower like a D1 coach, imagine the focus, desire, energy, and grit he'll lead with now that life's work on the hardwood has finally paid off with his first head coaching stop. Not to mention the process he was exposed to under the tutelage of Creighton's Greg McDermott. The sky is limitless for Alan Huss. I'm Kyle Schasberger on Twitter and Instagram at Kyle Schass. Be sure to leave a review if you haven't already and provide some feedback on Facebook at Triad Podcast Network. This has been the story of Alan Huss, new head men's basketball coach at High Point University on Triad Sports One-on-One. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode on the Triad Podcast Network. Our mission is simple. Provide information, advice, and stories about the people and places that make the North Carolina Triad such a great place to be. You can find us by searching Triad Podcast Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much wherever you like to listen. If you like what you heard and want to support the show and those that contribute, we would truly appreciate a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. It helps spread the word along, as do your shares on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Triad Podcast. To get in touch with us, simply email info at triadpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. This is the Triad Podcast Network.